group by the Labor Party. Medicare became a flashpoint for concern about whether fairness would be sacrificed in the pursuit of a budget surplus. And so at a time when voters were concerned about stability of government, they delivered an entirely unstable result. As I turned off the coverage of the election, I watched as my Labor friends celebrated on social media. I felt despondent. To my mind, the election result was a worrying portent. While Labor performed better than expected, their primary vote was nothing to crow about. It did well in states like Tasmania and South Australia, states where unemployment is higher than elsewhere and citizens rely so much on the government. But it wasn't enough to propel them into government. In the end, the result I worried about before the election was indeed the result. A slim Liberal national win with Malcolm Turnbull, a promising and moderate Liberal, weakened as a leader. There are so many ways to read an election result like the one in July 2016. For me, it wasn't a sign that voters were divided on the issues that face us as a nation. Rather, it was a vote of little confidence in our leaders. The escalating rise in pre-poll voting since the 2007 election is as telling as the election result itself. Increasingly, voters want to get their vote cast so they can block out the noise of the campaign and refocus on the things they think might actually help them lead a better life. While the election result gave me cause for concern, if we step away from the mess of party politics, there is much to celebrate. This book is, in a sense, a celebration of who we are. My aim in this book is to make you feel better about this country, better about your fellow Australians than you felt before you read it. It is not a book for cynics. It's a wholeheartedly positive account of the people of Australia. It's my attempt through sharing and analysing the research I've done over 10 years to show you that we are far better, far wiser and far more united than the cynics on the right or the left would have us believe. It's also a book about our common ground, what we agree on and the shared vision we have about the future. I'm not a risk taker. I'm not an adventurous spirit. But there is something about the kind of social research that I do that I've done over the last decade that is adventurous. Some people climb mountains or volunteer to work in war zones or parachute out of planes. I research people. It's not an easy thing to do to cross the threshold of a stranger's house in a suburb or a town you don't know, to be a guest in a house of people whom you have never met before and will never meet again. More than this, though, it's not an easy thing to open yourself up completely to the views of other people, to really listen without talking, without contradicting or questioning, and to wait to draw any conclusions. As a child, my favourite pastime on car trips or on the bus to school was to stare out of the window at the houses lined up next to each other and wonder, who lives there and are they happy? My job as a social researcher is a more systematic and thorough version of this childhood impulse to know what happens behind the closed doors of the country. The main way I've conducted research over the last decade differs significantly from how most market and social research is done. It's not the usual focus group scenario where you bring a group of strangers together in a seminar room and take them through detailed and probing questions, clipboard in hand, whiteboard at the ready, while the client observes behind a one-way mirror. Instead, I mostly visit groups of friends in their homes or wherever they normally meet to socialise. I sit among them, 
on the couch, at the dining table, on the floor, and ask them to talk about whatever subjects and issues are preoccupying them at the time. I try to be a fly on the wall as much as possible. A big part of being a good researcher is removing yourself, your views, prejudices and experiences from your assessment and analysis of the opinions of others. You need to strive to be impartial while at the same time realising total objectivity is impossible. Every group I've conducted has been different but the process I go through is basically the same. I collect my papers, envelopes of cash a gratuity for the people participating in the group, my GPS and my recording device. I dress casually as if I was going to the shops to get some milk. No makeup usually and I often wear my glasses and my hair up in a tight bun. The key is not to stand out to make myself as unremarkable as possible.